Hi, I'm Joe Alexstein. Hi, I'm Ketchyanyu. Hi, this is Troy Deeney. Hi, this is Chris Willamo. This is Britta Sombolonga. Hola, soy Manuel Almuniat. I'm Nathaniel Chalabar. Ciao, sono Gianfranco Zola. You're listening from the Rookie End. Friday night, and it's hopefully the last from the rookie end of the season. Uh, hi, my name's John, uh, with me is Mike. Hi. And uh, Jason. Hello. Um, it's Friday, the, the night before Watford playing Leeds United in the last game of the season, and we've basically all been chucked out of the house. Because it's a little bit too tense, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, we're all too annoying for our various family members, and uh, yeah, cat on the hat, hot tin roof, it's been like that all week, <laughs> hasn't it? And uh, it's only getting worse. Uh, Jason, you... Um, we, we, we left last podcast putting on silly Yorkshire accent saying come on Barnsley I think I said it in jest in a wouldn't it be nice if it, it happened and we find ourselves one point behind Hull taking on Leeds whose season's pretty much over Hull are playing Cardiff City the current champions and surely not wanting to go out with a whimper no you, you could, could happen. think it, it could happen um, as you said they are the champions but do the players want to commit to uh, that sort of last ditch tackle there's a risk of injury or anything like that there's a lot worried in the back of the mind but let's not forget Hull played Bristol City whose season was also over and done and dusty having already been relegated at home you'd expect them to to trounce them and they managed a nil-nil draw so I've still got to go out and beat them. I think my heart sank a little bit when I saw Cardiff lifting the trophy last last weekend because I thought, right, that really is their season over. Pack your bags, lads. Yeah. yeah, and you know, as we've all played a little bit of sport, and as the season gets to the end, you know, you do sort of mentally it does change a little bit for those teams who've got nothing to play for. Cardiff will be trying, Leeds will be trying. I know that, but I think Cardiff, especially having got the trophy, got the medals, they'll have been celebrating all week. We saw what Manchester United were like. Um, in the first sort of half an hour against Arsenal I'm surprised most of them weren't wearing shades and cold compresses <laughs> on their heads it looked like they were but you know at the end look, let's face facts anything could happen Watford needs to go and win their game I think I think we ought to focus on that and, and that would be the, the bit more important thing because if we win this and Hull do win then we need the momentum of being winning and being good going into to playoffs. so that's the, the win is important not just mathematically for the automatic but for the, for the momentum for the, I think, the boys I think that's a real positive way of looking at it and I was pleased I couldn't, I've been trying to be quiet on Twitter this week so I know as soon as I start talking about it you can probably tell I'm talking even quicker than usual <laughs> so I've got it all bottled up and I thought oh, I'm not going to put anything on Twitter I'm not going to put on Facebook I'm not going to talk to people it's too hard but I said I came out on Wednesday morning and I said right I think Hull are going to win there I've said it <laughs> just almost to try and you know a bit of catharsis to try and make myself feel better but what I was impressed with was all the feedback from fellow Watford fans a lot saying maybe I think you're probably right as well but not seeing that as a negative at all yeah. seeing as a right okay they may well do but let's let's go win our game and then we're on to our little I mean, uh, into the playoffs with, on a on, a, on an upward spiral and I think that was hugely encouraging for, for Mr Grumpy over here <laughs> to see that you know the whole probably will win and whatever we do if we can go on you know we're going to finish third brilliant well, I, I was asked uh, at the left work today at worst at worst uh, as, as I was asked today at the left work what do you what, what 
that's the ideal thing to happen tomorrow. But, you know, I, I work with a lot of ladies, and I have to explain the, the points and all the rest of it. And I said to them... Um, Not that all ladies need points yeah, explaining to them. No, 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 no. Sorry. Sorry. The, 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 one, the ones I spoke to did. Okay, let's, let's just say that. I explained what we need to, what we need to happen. Uh, and she was about the ideal thing. I said, what to score four goals in the first ten minutes? And Cardiff scored four goals in the first ten minutes. That's the only way, the only way tomorrow afternoon is ever going to be anywhere near comfortable. I think so, someone did that around the crunch, crunch the data and there's nine <laughs> nine possible permutations right. and three see what for promoting. Yeah. So we've got one in three oh, chance well, of, a, of a good day out. Well, um, the... I've sort of said in my head, I think for my sanity, we're going to go, we're going to end up third. But the, the, the point of this podcast, as we've done for the last last six weeks with these weekly podcasts, is we wanted to sort of show the the feelings, the ups, the downs that we went through um, over this run-in. Was it just brilliant and, and a wonderfulness? Or was it a slow decline? And I, that's where I thought we were. Um, and th- hopefully this podcast, you're going to listen to us talking Friday night on Sunday, and you're going to go, hey, we know what happened. But hopefully you'll hear us now, you hear us tomorrow, you hear us after the game, and exactly how, as what fans, we felt. Um, we felt terrible, Jason, after uh, away trip to Peterborough. That's the point where, in fact, I said in my head, it's over, we're playoffs. I, I think at that point, I remember... Um, even up Peterborough and then Millwall Millwall for me was a real downer because teams around us all lost as well and I think I said it before it's a, here's what you could have had and I remember saying to friends at that point I wish we'd lost a hope then it would be over and done and, yeah. and, and we could uh, worry about the playoffs from that point forward um, now of course <laughs> I don't feel that way <laughs> it's, it's going to be a weird 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 day but Jason uh, you've got a little yellow book with you uh, what will see on this day written by the one the only Matt Rouse no, it's, it's, it's a quality read people if, uh, if you haven't got a copy make sure you go out and, and get one um, and the reason I have this book with me is because the game tomorrow is on the 4th of May and there are two entries for the 4th of May right. in this book and they are both very very significant days in Watford's history uh, the more recent entry from 1991 Saturday 4th of May more recent more the more recent of the two <laughs> okay, 20 years, 20 years. Uh, 22 years ago yeah, yeah. it was the uh, it was the day Paul Wilkinson scored that goal the day that he yes. actually wasn't offside for a change <laughs> uh, and we and we managed to seal survival uh, in the division we are now yes um, second tier of English football second tier of English football after what seemed an incredible run when, when it looked like we were we were dead and buried a lot earlier in the season it looked like we'd gone but no Paul Wilkinson came, Paul Wilkinson came along to save the day uh, a monumentous what performance at, at the money ground in Oxford um, with me the more important entry in here okay 31 years ago to the day on the 4th of May uh, was the 2-0 victory over Wrexham that saw us into the top flight for the first time ever I was there I was sat in the Shrodell stand with my dad and I remember I went on the pitch afterwards with my dad I don't think I actually touched the pitch I think I might have been on his shoulders <laughs> but, uh, and, I, and I seem to remember uh, I know Ross Jenkins got both the goals but I think the head there was a header and that I sort of got an image of him rising uh, like a salmon to the ball in I can't remember if that was the first or second goal I wasn't that old but I, 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 it's just, a long time ago Jason it was a long time ago I do your age, have that image in my head I do remember it well 
So a Welsh, a Welsh team played a significant part in that promotion. I wonder if a Welsh team are going to play a significant part in this possible. Those are two important days. This could be a very important day in history. Um, I can't think of another last game of the season that meant this much. I can think of a lot of games, but like there was the, the Fulham game that we had to win to become champions, but we were still already promoted. We've had bigger one-off games in playoff finals, but this is going to be... I've never had a Watford fan where you... It's last game of the season, how are we doing, listening to the radio, how someone else... I've never been in that position before. Sort of, and, and it means as much, and it's going to mean. The only thing that I can remember in sort of recent memory coming close is when we, we actually ended up getting relegated and we had a decent run of form. I think it was 90... 96. 96. And we went. We had a decent run of form in the last last couple of games. Scored a lot of goals. I think Connolly scored a, few, a lot of goals, and, and Kevin Phillips, I think, as well. And we went into the last game at home to Leicester, and we needed to beat them. And I think a, a result. I can't remember what else needed to happen, but it was a, another team needed to lose for us to stay up. Um, and the the flip side to that was Leicester needed to win to get into the playoffs. So they needed to win to go up, and we needed to win to stay up. And we needed things to go our way. And we, I think. We conceded relatively early. It was muzzy, is it? Muzzy, it's muzzy. Not yeah. Emil Heskey, as I reported on uh, on one of our first ever podcasts many yeah, years ago. So that, that's the closest I can remember to to something that to you know that final day swing, and, and there was things needed to happen for us to get the result we wanted, and uh, we didn't keep our end up of the bargain that day, and obviously we were relegated. I think there's only one thing that's going to get me through tomorrow. So beer, fine ale. <laughs> Made by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. This may be uh, the, us on the last game of the season, but at the end of the season, you always need to give away some awards, and we're going to be giving away some very special awards in this. The uh, hopefully last no playoff podcast needed uh, of the season. Um, uh, Mike, uh, how about you give away the first award of this uh, this, this podcast? John, it would be my absolute honour and a privilege to give away the uh, the first award. It must been an amazing season, and it's been a season where we've heard one word more than any other. I think goal. Well, that and loan. So this award is loney of the season. Oh, toughy. Yeah, lots to choose from. But there is only one winner. And that man is? Just open the envelope. Of course, it's Steve Leo Bellick. Well, I didn't see that one going, Mike. No, congratulations to you, Steve. He's obviously not here to collect his award. <laughs> no. And he's not here to collect it because... How can he... He's Why? been loaned out... Yes. Again, this is the man that has been loaned out... Twice. So he's own... I have to say, if Ian Holloway was dead, he'd be turning in his grave. He might be turning, he might be spinning in the uh, spinning in the job queue at this rate. Anyway, uh, but yeah, you've got to give you've got to give the loanee of the water season, the loanee of the year, to someone who gets uh, to get loaned out twice. I think that's a phenomenal effort. Well done, Steve. Well done, Steve. Um, for those loanees we've had, you know. I, I, I try to think how many podcasts we've done when we haven't seen said aren't all our loanies brilliant aren't they all amazing Jason your favourite my favourite loanie yeah um, oh, I, today just for today alone I think uh, Nathaniel right uh, and his efforts at, at dyeing his hair blonde turning ginger that for <laughs> me alone shows that the commitment to uh, to the play who could well be playing his last game for us tomorrow that's true um, but he's, he's Put his hair to the course, and uh, and I'd imagine 
It looks a bit stupid at the moment with ginger hair. Well, it did work for the Romanians, didn't it, in the, uh, the World Cup in America? They did, they beat us, they beat England. Well, that's true. Um, uh, Mike, who is your favourite Loney of the season? I think I'm going to have two, if that's okay. No. Okay. You well, can have a second one if I once I pick my one. Okay, well, I'm going to go for, uh, for Alman Abdi then. Okay. Um, I think he's just been absolutely uh, mercurial in midfield. He's been, um, we've talked about him sort of ad nauseum on the podcast. I think he's, he's been absolutely brilliant and, and people who've been to watch Watford will understand why. But the other second one I wanted no, no. was okay. no, to say, you won't pick this one, I promise, okay. was to say the team that they have all become. Okay. Well, let's get a bit. My, my favourite one is Marco Pizzetti. Just for the attitude, the swagger, and I love watching the efficiency of the man on that pitch. Literally, he knows exactly how much effort and where to put it. And I only saw it recently, but there's that picture of him pointing at Malky Mackay and Malky pointing back. Clearly some sort of a conversation that went on, which wasn't a positive um, <laughs> a few weeks ago. Just the man is epic. He's a man, he's a man who's been there and seen it, and I think they're the clever clever signings that have helped create that team that we're seeing today people like him who are you know he's been he's played international football he's played Serie A football he knows his, the dark arts that go on Italian football you know and perhaps you know we've been missing John Eustace a little bit sort yeah. of getting in the refs here someone with a bit of kudos and gravitas like, like Cassetti has like, like you say he exudes it we'll never quite know how, how important he's been he puts me in mind of um, Filippo Gali a little bit he was sort of one bright shining light in the in the Viali disaster and getting Gali over was um, you know he's a man who, who like I said he was entering the twilight of his career they've been there and done it and was an absolute privilege to watch him um, but Cassetti's been superb oh, we, we were talking about individuals there but as you were trying to bring up when I interrupted there Mike I'd say it feels like being yeah. interrupted uh, the it is the it is the, that group that they A signed the bits of paper came along to training but how they've sort of gelled Jason they are as a team I never thought we'd be able to reach the levels of football that we have this year well that's it and that's what all the talk about was at the start of the season where you got all these lone players in and uh, uh, we weren't a team so you've got to give credit to, to Zola for getting them together and playing as a team sorry again we've talked about before but what a great job he's done in okay some of these guys know each other and have played together at uh, one of our other clubs and um, but yeah, to get them all working and integrating them with the current crop of players that we've got, let's not forget um, like some Lloyd Doyle in this team, Troy Deeney, um, getting them all together and producing a team that's going to finish either second or third in the championship. But the first attempt is fantastic. I think they're not third in the championship. It does sit still. It does sit yeah. I think one of the greatest things about you know about football, being a football supporter, is the conversations slash arguments you have with opposition fans, and a lot of the early sort of combative statements from, from opposition fans was, oh, do you really think those players care about Watford? Well, you know, the really nice thing is to be able to turn around and say, hand on heart, they've proved that they do. They've proved that they do care. And they're, with they're their hair follicles. Their, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and as a man who knows how precious hair follicles are, <laughs> I know what a commitment that is from uh, young Nathaniel. Uh, but it's been brilliant to see them. We've, we've highlighted that Charlton game as the turning point when Watford fans started to believe and they've just been tremendous. And you can't you can't underestimate the the, the work that, that Zola's done on that and I think we're a lesser man in charge perhaps he would have found it more difficult to knit them together 
we talked about Marco Cassetti having that that air about him. And Zola's got you know he's a cut above that with, yeah. with what he's achieved and his standing within the game. Well, the other thing about Marco, I think I said it on the podcast. I think uh, you know, signing like him. You know, being a pinnacle of, of the style of football that Zola wanted, you know, the characters and all those loanings came together. There, there's a variety in there. It wasn't like they brought all the same country, all the same um, style. You know, you didn't fill it just with Italians, um, but there, you had the right sort of men around it to construct this team with ethos, with thoughts, with, with what makes a football team. Having said that, though, of course, they were—they have admitted that they brought in a lot more loans than they wanted to, and I think they said they, have in effect, said the game plan was let's get a load in and see what we can do, and I think they've kind of admitted to that. So I think while we're on the subject of loans, I think it's worth saying that we are less than a season into the Pozzo regime, the Pozzo regime, and therefore it's going to be very interesting, whatever division we're in, to see what happens in the in the summer and what the what the plan is, what the scheme is, if, if we're still in the championship what are we going to do how many will stay how many will go I think it's it's, it's absolutely um, nailed on that some will go yeah. um, but equally similar that, that some will come in so it's just, it's just hugely interesting and it'll be interesting to see how it, this how this thing is going to pan out over the, the summer I think the only thing that sort of Bennett that in my mind sort of settles it a little bit no matter what happens tomorrow up or down or even the playoffs won't go up is the fact that Mr. Pozzo, Giano, the sort of main, not the main, not the, the godfather of the, of the family, but the, 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 the son in there, yeah, he is moving to, to London to to clearly put more time and effort into what is what the football club. You know, we are, we've said, you know, they are a club that, uh, that uh, they are a family that buy and sell players. They have three shop windows, one here, one in the Liga, one in the Championship at the moment. If that shop window gets put into a bigger shopping mall, which is the Premier League, then that's going to be their, their, the, the, the massive thing for them as a, as a family. And we're going to just reap, we can only reap the benefits. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be very positive. I think I'm happy that the Pozzos are our owners. What I'm, and I, don't, I think they are committed, what I'm interested to see is exactly how they're going to do it and it's more of it's less trepidation than it was in previous close seasons when we didn't know what the heck was going to go on and it's more anticipation I think yeah. to see, yeah. see what happens and I didn't mean that to come across negative but and I'm sorry if it did but, but I think no, no, it will be interesting to see what happens the fact you said it, it's about anticipation it isn't about we don't know what's going to go on we don't but I'm anticipating better and I would urge everyone us included to keep an eye on that youth side of things let's just see what happens ok the winner for the first award Loney of the season Steve Leo Bellick From the rookery end. Okay, let's let's keep the party going, Jason. Let's give out another award. The next award is the Grit, Graft and Gumption sponsored by John Eustace Award. Oh, excellent. Good one. Okay, let's see who our winner is. It's Troy Deeney. (laughs) 
Well, he uh, had a bit of a shorter season with Watford this year. Uh, Mike didn't, didn't, didn't start with us. He was hanging out with uh, the Queen well, at her service or something. Yeah, her Majesty's service. Yeah, her Majesty's pleasure. Yeah, it was. It's been well documented um, what's happened to Troy and where he was at the start of the season. Why he joined us late. Watford obviously had a very big decision to make whether to, to keep him on or not. There are lots of conversations. One of the biggest conversation points in in pre-season as to whether we should or not. Watford made the tough decision in the end. Decided to keep him on, uh, and I have to say, I think they've been rewarded with um, a series of increasingly impressive dis- displays from from Troy. He's been, um, he's had to win a lot of people over, and there'll still be question marks over his character off the pitch. I'm sure there is, but I don't think we're here to judge people off the pitch. We're just we're here to talk about what happens on the pitch, and you cannot argue with the way Troy Dean's been playing, especially over the last six weeks, two months, as we're sort of the end of the season's coming to come into sight he has really stepped up to the mark stepped up to the plate consistently performed well he's been he's been tough he's been obviously been an absolute nightmare to play against the opposition goal? defenders and he's oh, scored goals in 19 goals yeah so, so far so, so far. far he could easily be, be finishing as top goals yeah but um, he also um, after Peterborough game we the podcast and a Peterborough fan who did the podcast heard our podcast and I listened to his podcast and they detested him yeah. they absolutely detested him you can see what bully boy in the, always in the referee's face and I went yeah he's really good and I also commented about him recently you know we were, we've been talking about him uh, did we want maybe Hayho to be starting up front and the answer is no because he has that championship you know presence of a striker big bullying striker that that, that, that we need at, in this division I think but, he's, he's led the line but, and he's led the team I think it's felt like that to me he's dragged Watford kicking and screaming to this last day showdown I think he needs to take a lot of credit for that Jason um, we were critical of him at the end of last season for his, uh, his lack of finishing um, but there are very few occasions this year where I've sort of thought you've gnawed that one up completely Troy he's, he's improved a lot as a footballer he has improved a lot as a, as a footballer we um we saw him when he got back into the sides after his uh, time away. Uh, he'd obviously spent a lot of time in the uh, yeah, a lot of time in the gym. He was he was well beefed up, beefcake, But I felt he was sort of missing a bit of match fitness, a bit a bit off the pace in games. Um, but once he got going again, he, he's looked really solid. I, I said, I think that's what that improvement where he's gone from the start of season to end season. I've sort of likened to the improvement that Danny Graham made in his last season at Watford, sort of from start to end of season. He, I think he's come on and added more to his game. And the goal, the, the goal at Hull is a, is a yeah. demonstration that we've never seen him score a goal like that no, last no, season. No, no, I don't think. Um, but also, something he doesn't get a lot of credit for is the uh, the defensive work he does, set pieces in our own box. Um, uh, if there is a, a like-minded stater out there who's counted the number of Watford players that have got on the end of opposition set pieces, corners and free kicks, I bet he's up there near the top uh, because he often uh, gets up, heads the yeah. away, out yeah. of danger, away from corners and free kicks in, in our own box. But both ends of uh, of the pitch. Um, so it sounds like a nasty disease, doesn't it? Always good at both ends of the pitch, poor fella. But he's been he's been absolutely terrific. He's been he's been strong and powerful. And I think uh, with a, a lot this season, we've been the team that people love to love to hate. 
and I think you mentioned the, the opposition fans sort of disliking Troy Deeney and I think well it's it's about time we had players like that that, pe- that knock people off because people don't like people who are in your face and more importantly they don't like people who are successful and score loads of goals and he's done that when we go up yeah. if not tomorrow if not the playoffs in yeah. a few seasons yeah. and he's still on contract with Carl will he play in the Premier League? I think you're just talking there I've been, I've been sort of mentally replaying a lot of his goals and some of the strikes he has hit certainly towards the last stage of the season they've been absolutely magnificent precision finishes um, obviously he acts a little bit in, in pace perhaps he's not the most skillful of players but if you give him a chance at the moment he's finding the back of the net they are arrowing into the sort of the, to the bottom corner um, so he certainly deserved his chance absolutely Watford do go up he deserves his chance at that premiership how, how old is he now is he early mid 20s he's got time to sign 25 something like that so yeah he's probably another sort of three to five years off his peak That's so true. yeah if if he can continue to get better and better then yeah why can't he play the Premier League so the Grit, Graft and Gumption Award this year goes to Troy Deeney something to send the boys then email podcast at fromtherookeryend.com Let's give out uh, some awards to make sure more Watford players leave this very special From the Rookery End Awards ceremony with a little goblet if that's what we're giving away Let's give out some special awards And the award for best dressed Watford player this season goes to Joel Ekstrand. In fashion circles, you'll have heard of the little black dress. Well, Joel's won this award for his insistence on wearing the little black boots, a design classic. Well done, Joel. Excellent. The Lifetime Achievement Award goes to Lloyd Doyley. Now over 400 appearances for the club and a testimonial season. Say no more. The Unsung Hero Award goes to the one, the only, the brand new pitch. Mr Zola certainly can be playing his lovely passing football without it. The next award, the Unbreakable Spirit Award. This goes to a little man we've all grown, known to grow and love. Someone who has been pictured happy and smiling in Ikea and a well-known supermarket something that none of us could do well done Fernando Forestieri and our final award is a joint award it's the Motivational Speaker of the Season Award it goes to Little and Large Martin Samuel and Ian Holloway Every person can be leave the From the Rookery End award ceremony as a winner, even if they are a loser. Okay, I think that's enough awards for now. Uh, it is Friday night. Um, I'm going to go home and, and try and sleep. I'm not quite sure if I'm actually going to get to sleep. Um, I wasn't actually... I was at something when I'm a teacher, but um, every kid at school today knows I do this and they sort of know I'm a Watford fan. He goes to the, uh, he goes to the game, he goes to the game. Yeah. And all of a sudden they dawned on me earlier that t- it's tomorrow. I know that Dave Messenger and, and the guys at, at uh, Watford FC Internet FC, they've been going about how many days, is it Saturday yet? And that's really, I've enjoyed that sort of thing that's been going on and 
and Jamie Parkin's whole thing about we were up a yellow tomorrow and I, I really enjoyed that mood that we talked about earlier about that, 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 in this build up it's, it is it's exciting no, and again it's a sort of no matter what happens feeling isn't it good? let's pause to reflect how good that is ahead of the game we're talking here yeah. great to be having this sort of build up and it's almost like a cup final weekend isn't it and it's, and it's great to have that so. uh, Jason you're looking forward to watching the game oh absolutely it's a big big hour talk about the sort of build up when we're going through today I spent a lot of time at work. People coming up to me, colleagues at work, saying, "Oh, good luck for tomorrow." As if it's me, as if it's <laughs> I'm the one that's going to have an influence on whether Watford go up or not tomorrow. It's, it's fantastic. I'm not telling them. I'm going, oh, it's not me. I'm loving it. It's brilliant. And uh, Mike, are you looking forward to watching the game tomorrow? Um, well, I'm looking forward to it all being done and dusted, and us finding out if we're going up or not. But I'll be having to follow the game by alternative means. I won't be at Vicarage Road tomorrow. Um, it's one of my uh, best friend's wedding. The actually best friend's what? wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you said you, I got uh, it's Monday this last week. Monday, I think you text me. Yeah, yeah saying, as you guys all know, that I don't deal with the diary uh, because <laughs> to avoid exact moments like this, Leanne, uh, my girlfriend, usually on uh, is on point with these sort of things. And uh, yeah, we realised Monday that it's the uh, yeah we've got a wedding. And it is a, it's a proper big friend. It isn't just... Yeah, otherwise, wedding. believe you me, if it was um, you know just a relative or something, I wouldn't be going. But uh, you, t- you turn up in the evening uh, for, yeah. the, for the booze and whatever. We've looked at the we've looked at the uh, we've looked at the connotation of the logistics. No way we can. I just can't do it. So, so I'm, I'm, I'll be in the back of the church with the the old. Uh, is it the lightly lads? That, um, oh, James, yeah, I'm looking at you. Result, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> There's I, a guy in the back I of the church with us. So it'll be like that. Hopefully, I'll have, I'll have cheer, a reason to. Um, Cheer in the church tomorrow. Uh, so uh, Jason and I are going to be at the game. We're going to Mike's going to record little bits throughout his afternoon. Jason and I are going to record little bits throughout our afternoon. As whatever occurs, occurs. Uh, in fact, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to be back in this pub very early tomorrow and uh, hook up with some of the Watford fans, David Levy, uh, Kelly Summers, and, and and Dave Message right, and see what special day would like to give away for for what has been a, a magnificent season where Watford will finish either second or third in the championship. It still sounds amazing saying such a thing. Read the musings and ramblings on the podcast blog at fromtherookeryend.com. It's Saturday morning, fairly early. Uh, early trip to the pub. Hook up with some friends to see what awards they would like to give away. I'm joined by Dave Messenger and Stu Holden from Watford Internet FC. Uh, How's the Watford Internet FC been this season? We've had a very good season. We've done really well. We've had a few sort of years of not being quite where we were. And we've managed to get ourselves back in the top 10 of the IFA League, which is the national league we play in, and has about 80-odd teams. We've got through to the final of the London Cup again for the second year running. We got beaten last year by West Ham on penalties, which was a bit of a disappointment for all of us, wasn't it, Stu? Yeah, it was. We are playing Stevenage fans in the London Cup final. That's right, Stevenage from Hertfordshire, like us, in the London Cup final. That's on the 25th of May, so that'll be a good day. We want to go one better, obviously. But we've had a really good season. I think if you want to get involved with WIFC, the easiest thing is to have a look at our website, www.watfordifc.com. It's the same as the Watford official website with an extra I. And on there, there's a section that says new players, and that tells you what you need to do. It doesn't have to be something you commit to doing every week, but what we do like is people that go fairly regularly, home and away, and that have an internet connection. It's as simple as that. They must be Watford fans. But also... I think the best thing, because I'm one of the older players, I'm knocking on 40, but I've got the body of a 25-year-old. <laughs> yeah, he's in the boot of my car. But, um, but the thing is, it's open to people of all kind of abilities as well, you know, and all ages. I think we range, our youngest is how, how old? 
Uh, 17, young Bradley Simmons. Bradley, who's an exceptional player, you know, up to the people of the more mature generation, such as me and and Dave. But, you know, if you don't make it in the team, I mean, the camaraderie between the chats before and after the game uh, is exceptional. And many of us go on to, obviously, the the football game as well, that being uh, a Watford game away or at home as well. So, you know, it's what you do is you get a new um, circle of friends as well. And uh, and that's what I've gained of it, uh, as well as, obviously, you know, keeping myself fit at the tender age of 39. So what is the Watford Internet FC's award this year? Well, we've um, <laughs> we're, we're first off we're extremely honored to be uh, to be asked to present an award and we've had a little conversation this morning between the team. We have decided that we're going to award the WFC award for a player this season is for the player that took the longest to break sweat this season. Brackets in a good way because we've obviously got one or two players out there that are um, far too cool for school and just ooze class and quality yeah. the winner of this particular award I'm sure Stuart agree is someone that when he first signed it probably raised an eyebrow or two and the first couple of games raised even more eyebrows because he didn't really hit the ground running but somewhere somewhere along the line it all clicked into gear for this particular player and since then he's been just outstanding but in that way that all he does is the bare minimum of what he has to do yeah. a little foot in here a little header there a little break of turn oh, oh, the, oh, the oh I've got a, killing me. have I got a break sweat have I got a run for that one? Oh, yeah. yeah I'll just have a little quick trot and then still yeah. get the ball and clear it because I'm far too good and I've played pretty much the whole season with a fag on we think he pretty much first broke sweat in February definitely broke sweat at Peterborough when he got I've really got ruffled for probably the first time this season. Oh my God, Peter, oh, right. he, was, yeah, he was sweating like Wayne Rooney on Mastermind. He was, he was indeed, <laughs> he was indeed. But our winner, our, our, our award, our, our player of the season that took the longest to break a sweat, brackets in a good way, is none other than the bearded wonder, Mr Marco Cassetti. Yes, yes, I like a little bit of that Italian influence. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So, friend of the podcast uh, and part-time uh, presenter, David Levy. Dave, how's your week been? Nervy, sick, um, but I think that's what I ate on Tuesday night. No, <laughs> it's been a real mix of anticipation and dread, but um, I'm trying to be positive. Your chance to give away an award. Which award would you like to give away in this, this season? I would like to give away, in the spirit of Watford season overall, the most improved player of the year. I don't really like him. No, he, um, this player has, at times, been absolutely outstanding this season and at times been maddeningly frustrating. But um, there's no doubt he's a pretty talented player and at times, when he's done well, we've done well this season, some of the real highs of the season have been moments of quality from him. He's not the most popular player amongst me, my friends, my family, <laughs> or most of the people in the rookery end. But, um, fair, you know, fair play. He has improved and he's had a, a, a good, positive season. And the winner of the most improved player is... Mark Yates. <laughs> uh, who would come close second? Well, I think, you know, within the season itself, you've got two sorts of most improves, haven't you? One from previous seasons, and that's where Yates certainly comes into that category because this has been his, I think, his best season as a Watford player. And, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about player of the season overall, and I um, very nicely argued that he should win it for the sake of the podcast, (laughs) you know, on the basis of some moments of real quality, and one of which was at Birmingham and the other at Leeds. so, you know, he's improved from last season. Within the season itself, um, I'd, you know, Forest Lieri has improved his temperament. I mean, his ability has always been there, but he's learned to behave himself. And the scenes that we saw in the autumn of him throwing himself all over the floor, um, 
have you know have gone and he's positive and he works incredibly hard and he's been fantastic I still think he's a bit of a luxury player but he's improved and you know Troy, Dean, Troy Deeney's story has been outstanding you know, he's improved within this season and compared to last season you know for someone to start the season in prison and to finish the season with 19 goals and the chance on the last day to take his team into the Premier League is an amazing story. So, fair play to him. And he's got a lot better and skillful. I remember going to Huddersfield away. He was amazing. He was, you know, unplayable almost that day. And, yeah, then I thought, that was the moment I thought he's changed and the team itself could really do something special. And here we are, last game of the season, hopefully, with a real chance. I'm joined by John Salomon. The uh, Watford Ladies manager, John, time for an award. Uh, but how's the Watford Ladies season been this year? We got off to you know, a really good start through pre-season. I think we lost one pre-season. We beat Liverpool, who were a Super League team, so we're pleased with that. Yeah, and then it's just gone from strength to strength, really. I think we've lost... We've only lost the Leeds in the league, two more league games. We try and if we win both of them, we finish we finish four points clear at the top of the league, and then it'll be up to Sunderland then to, to have their remaining games in hand uh, to try and catch us. But yeah, no, it's just been it's been great to us. It's been been superb. How is it different from the season before? When I took over as, as manager the year before, we were bottom of the league and we were um, kind of in a position where we had to stave off relegation and one point we were one, one point from 11 games and then we went on a bit of a crazy run to stay up um, so yeah that was quite frantic and this time last year we, we posted enough points to get ourselves out of the zone but then as a result of that we then had to sit and wait to see you know, what teams would do around us to see if we'd stay up or not this year we'll hopefully finish top of the league and then wait to see what teams do you know, to, to try and catch us. So it's a little bit more relaxed oh, <laughs> this year. Yeah. You announced a couple of weeks ago that you were going to be part of uh, the FA Super League. Yeah. How's that going to change things next year? Uh, well, it gives us a bit of a break now. The reserves still carry on normal season, um, but the Super League doesn't start till kind of March, April sort of time. So it gives us, off. Yeah, because it, it runs March to October. So we, we now have to wait for the current season to finish. Then we join the next the next season. So we yeah, so we get a bit of a break, but we'll we'll find things for the players to do in the meantime. But um, we want to get the season out of the way first, and then focus on that. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting times. You know, you're not going to give away an award today. You're going to receive an award, and you are the winners this year of the Pozzo League. Out of all the teams Pozzo's own, Udinese, Granada, Watford. Watford under-18s and Watford ladies, the Watford ladies team have the highest average points per game this season. How does it feel to be a, the winner of the first ever Pozzo's League? Well, we've been, we've been striving this season to try and win a league. Because if we don't win the Premier League, <laughs> we're like, this is the next best thing. Uh, or maybe it's better, you know, it's, uh, it's a great achievement. And we're really pleased, because especially with how well the first team, you know, Watford have done, it's, it's, it's a really good achievement for us to, to have hit that many points per game, you know. I think our target at the start of the season was like 18 points from 18 games or something like that. So we're on like 34 now, I think. Um, so we've obviously, like, we've, we've surpassed our expectations and, and to win the Pozzo League is a massive honour. Yeah, huge honour for us. <laughs> really pleased. <laughs> a podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. John Salomon, Watford uh, ladies manager, uh, to Dave Messenger, Stu Holden from Watford Internet Football Club, uh, and also Dave Levy uh, for giving out their little awards. Um, I'm on the way to Vicarage Road now for, <coughs> I, I overuse the word, but tense football match. Jason and I will be hooking up uh, with Kelly Sommers at half-time uh, to see how she's feeling. Kelly's a Watford fan who has been at Bournemouth. Uh, working the media office this year and she's already been through a promotion wrote in the blog for us so we'll see how she's feeling at half time and then also see how we're feeling at full time after this what is going to be a, just a massive massive game no matter what happens though we're going to be in the top three of the championship far better off than we were 
uh, this time last year. But this is how the afternoon panned out. Jason, how are you feeling? Nervous. I, I, I can physically feel it in my tummy. Nerves are there. Chase, ten minutes gone. Uh, we've already stopped play. Ten minutes already? Not quite ten minutes, oh, almost. Oh, um, yeah, frantic. Bit of a frantic start, I think. We seem to have most of the most of the ball. No real clear-cut chances yet. Um, still feel nervous. Uh, the uh, the late change was a was a bit of a knock for me as a fan. I think I don't, we know Bondy's a good goalkeeper, but. There's that nagging doubt in the back of your mind that says, uh, oh my God, could Bond come on and make a mistake and, and that'll be it, you know? It's, uh, it doesn't help the situation for, for me as a supporter. And this Leeds player, I can't see who it is, is uh, been down and down for quite a while. Yeah, Morrison, he doesn't look too good, to be honest. It looked like he was making the most of a, of a situation. It wasn't even a tackle, he just uh, seemed to go down. But he's, there's definitely something wrong with him because he's... Uh, He's conscious, thankfully, for a moment there. We didn't even, he didn't even look like he was moving, but uh, he's moving, so I don't know what, what, what's happened. But he doesn't look too good. All the Leeds players are warming up, so uh, maybe an early substitution for Leeds. Yeah, an early sub for Leeds, possibly, yeah. Joe's had a penalty to go against us. Penalty? I don't know. Don't know. There were, there were too many bodies in front. I, I was waiting for the ball in the back of the net, although I think it was Hoggy, so that was never going to happen, was it? Still very early on this game. Uh, fans, what fans Boo and Jason think that the league had a problem in this uh, ref box because Jonathan Bond is laying on the floor and not really moving. It wasn't really Lee's fan, but that's what the fans were, uh, who are high in passion. This, this is unbelievable, isn't it? Jack Bonham's about to come on and make his Watford debut after uh, what well, I don't know how many minutes gone of, our, of our, the most important game for in a very long time. Oh dear, if you if you weren't feeling nervous already. Good Lord, I'm feeling nervous now. Deathcom 5 in the nervous Oh, zone. boy. It's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. You couldn't write it. There is a uh, considerable delay to Jonathan Bond. Um, what fancy are we on the back of everybody? Nothing's happening. Jock Bannon has warmed up.
Jason. Yeah. Yeah, right, um, it, it looks like a really nasty injury this one. I mean, Morrison, when he went out, at least he got up this one. Bond, he's going out on a stretcher, and I'd imagine straight to hospital. Um, fingers crossed for the lad. Bond and Polly turn up the ground this morning thinking, oh, I'll do a warm up with the boys and I'll enjoy the game. Watching. <laughs> he's in it. And he's in it in, in, in such a big game. It's just amazing. It, it, it's, <laughs> I don't want to say this is why we love football, but this is, this is part of the unpredictability of it, isn't it? Confirmed. Yeah, I think that's nearly at half time. Nearly at half time. Um, we still got about 50, 60 minutes this game to go, Jace, because yeah. we've had 16 minutes out of time. Anything. Uh, I can jump in. I can in. Great, great catch bottom. Bottom. And a, and a yeah, slap on the back from Deeney as well. Which is great. <laughs> oh, this afternoon got a little bit brighter there. Yeah, long way to go yet, though. It's, it's almost two o'clock. It's over an hour since we started the game, and it's only just half time. Jason, <laughs> where do we start? Where do we? Go? Well, let's start oh. with. Well, there was a bit of a lead injury from it, and then there was a massive, 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 massive long gap when Jonathan Bond uh, was injured. And, yeah, and let's not forget Jonathan Bond's playing goal because Alan really must have got injured in the warm up. Um, and Jack Bonham's come on to make his debut in the biggest game for years and years. He, he just can't make it up, can you? Yeah, we're, we're joined by Kelly uh, Summers, who's uh, we, you've, been, you've been through a promotion already, Kelly, because you work at Bournemouth. Yes, I mean, I, I was a bit apprehensive today because no. I was... The Volvo have scored? Is right. that what the cheering's about? I thought they'd scored a bit more. Right, Cardiff! Um, Cardiff have scored, it sounds like. I'm not going to beat anything until I see I don't believe them, I don't believe them. There was a cheer halfway through the first half of a goal from Cardiff. I mean, I, don't really exist. I, I work for... Yeah, I think it confirms, it's confirmed. That is... No, I'll believe that because they're... Yeah. Right, they're it's watching time. on TV. They're watching TV. TV never lies, Kelly. TV never lies. It's going to be the most... championship pulled away from us so I'm not going to get too excited I've learned it could be very cruel but who could have written today no one oh. could have it. I do not know how I'm going to feel in 45 minutes time I've got no clue that's because we don't know what's going to happen I know, but <laughs> it's the beauty of football I guess look what he does to us okay, right. let's talk about the first half a bit. Yeah, who 
players you've loved so far in the first half, Kelly? Forestieri. Yeah. I went off him rapidly. I mean, I've only seen a handful of games yeah, yeah. since Christmas. I went to Millwall away, and that was poor. We were all over them. Anya is probably the one for me that's come on the most. When I saw him, I mean, what games? I've probably seen four or five games, and I thought he was in and out. But I think he's been consistently getting forwards. And Cassetta, you can't. You can't. Every game is consistent. He's cool, as they say. He's but to be honest, and I mean, I think, I can't say his name. Is it Chalabar? Is that yeah, his yeah. name? I think he went through a bit of a rocky patch. And at Millwall, he was terrible, and I was really shocked. But I think he started to control the midfield really well. So, I mean, all round, everyone, they've been pretty good today. Uh, yeah, and I, there was a bit of the, when we were, um, we got our, our goal back. But they did, what I like about Watford moment, Jason, there's a point when we just do our thing. We don't try and rush things, we don't try and go for things. We play what we do, and that's a good thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's easy to panic when you know you've got to get a result here today. You go 1-0 down. A lot of teams would start just pumping it up. It's human nature. No matter what the manager says, it's human nature. But they didn't, the players, and you stayed calm. Uh, and, yeah, a great goal. Some great football. At uh, 1.57 on Saturday the 4th of May, with Cardiff 1-up, Watford drawing, what for going to the Premier League? Still another 45 minutes and injuries to go. Oh, you can't I'm just getting, this is a commentary from my boyfriend. Second half, kicking off now at Hull. Cardiff 1-0. Oh my God, Hull are losing. Wow, and Hull just missed a sitter. I'm getting this the whole way through. And he texts me, you know the penalty in the beginning where yeah. um, Hogg went down, he texts me saying Stonewall penalty. Okay. So, I mean, they're all what-ifs, they're all... They are, they are. Going back to what you just said about us playing our football, I think the goal just epitomised everything. Yeah. What a way to score. It was a lovely team move from when Troy put over to Anya. Abdi's finish, it was a lovely goal. It wasn't a rush goal, because I worried we were going to start hoofing it forward, like, at Millwall. And we didn't, and it was just, it was so nice to see. This is going to be a good second half. Kelly, yes? I don't even know how to respond to that. I mean, I've barely got a voice, as you can hear, because I've been through it the past few weeks, but whatever. I mean, I'm probably, I don't want to say this, I'm probably one of the few Watford fans, if we get playoffs, I won't be heartbroken, because I get to see it. Purely selfish. But today has been fantastic, and if we come through this, then I'll be surprised, but I think it'll show how far we've come. Right, let's see what happens then. Let's go. Jason, 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 Jason. It is... 20 minutes since we last spoke. Um, we know Hull are winning, so it's out of our control. Yep. Yeah. Troy didn't be sent off. No, he's in our control. Troy needs to take a long, hard look at himself. People are clapping off the pitch. I'm not clapping off the pitch. Stupid yellow card in the first half of kicking the ball away. And a stupid challenge, diving in like he did when he's on a yellow card. No, no brains at all. He's now going to be suspended for the first leg of the playoff. Ridiculous! It was really, really stupid from Troy. Needs to take a look at himself. I was actually thinking this: this, this afternoon wasn't a complete disaster because we haven't lost. You know, there's a positive out of it. We haven't lost. We've got ten men. Which are, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is now as well: if Cardiff go, go a late equaliser, we need to go and get a winner, and we've got to do it with ten men and all. Well, there'll be a little choice goalie. Well, a, 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 a little blonde uh, Czechoslovakian come on and do something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he'll probably, he'll probably leave it as it is until. Uh, I mean, we have got it's the luxury of, um, of, of, of the, yeah, the other game finishing first. So, uh, <coughs> yeah, we'll perhaps <laughs> need to bring Hayho on for some match fitness. I don't know. Well, we shall see. Um, still 1 1 here, 2 1 at Hull. 
Obviously, we've, we've heard it's 2-2 um, um, after thinking that Hull were going to win their game. We've still got 15, 20 minutes to go. Oh, I, oh, I don't <laughs> Absolutely, that's someone said. I had a penalty. Someone's like, no, Cardiff got a penalty. I know like, scored this two holes. And also, I believe Cardiff are down at ten men. We're down at ten men. Oh, it's, oh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't know. Forty-five minutes has passed since I spoke with uh, Kelly at halftime. Um, oh, they went to the mill. Went to the, even um, more than that first half. How's your How's your luck? Eh? You, you, we knew we needed a bit of luck coming into uh, coming into this game. We got a bit of luck. Cardiff with their late equaliser at Hull, but well, there's a point yeah, the yeah. half this afternoon for me. That, 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 yeah, we, we, we kicked, we, the second half kicked off, having known that Cardiff were ahead. So, oh, brilliant! Sort of, yeah, we're drawing, we're up, that's fine. Um, and all of a sudden, they really quickly actually Hull got two goals back. They did, um, yeah. And I, 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 I spent most, I think I spent most of that second half thinking, that's thinking, it. fine, we, we've played well, well, and, and we're, it's, it was out of our control. So, what, what yeah. can we do about it? Then. We hear that Cardiff got a, a late goal, yeah. um, which made it 2-2. It's the last 15 minutes, absolutely right. One of the best atmospheres I think I've ever had. It, Intense it was, atmospheres. It yeah. uh, everyone was like, everyone was cheering, and it was exactly what you want a, a Watford match. But ultimately, um, I think we pushed. Well, I, 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 we were pushing forward, but we couldn't push as far forward as we wanted. Could we were? I think we missing were pushing. Yeah, push forward with 10 men. Yeah, Troy. I have to say. Stupid, absolutely stupid. Um, a stupid yellow card in the first half, kicking the ball away. Second half, um, he then goes and makes a stupid challenge, flying in like he did off his feet. When when, when you're on a yellow card, you just don't do that. Absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, we pushed on as, as much as we could have been ten men. I think we got caught on the break. Even then, it looked like Bonham made a mistake for that second goal. So you got feel for him coming into this game. Oh well, I'm guessing at half past twelve this afternoon he was ready to look and watch a nice game of football. Yeah, um, done a bit of warm with the first team, brilliant. Then he's on the bench, and then he's on within ten minutes. You know, it's just unbelievable afternoon for him. Um, we're off to play uh, Leicester. Yeah, again, again. Um, um, Cardiff are going to be up, uh, Cardiff going up, Hull going up. Palace are playing Brighton. Um, I, I, I believe Jason today happened for a reason. Let's hope so. <laughs> Sexy football and Watford play should never should go up in style. It should go up in a beautiful stadium. That's why we're in the playoffs, Jason. Sexy football will go up at Wembley. I hope you're right, mate. I hope you're right. Uh, we'll be back with a, with a playoff special um, uh, and, and hopefully take you through everything that's going to go on over the next week. It's, it's, it, Three more games, Chase. Three more Three games. Three more games. Come on, yours. Come on, yours.